Hello and welcome back to Turf Talk. It is now the height of summer. I didn't realise how far into the year we'd got until I saw it with the Northumberland plate this weekend. It seems absolutely mental. Uh, we're going to be looking forward to that, the Irish Derby uh, and some of the rest of the weekend's action, as well as having a few reflections on what we saw last week at Royal Ascot. I'm Lewis Thomason, as per usual, on the other end of the line. is Mr James Watson. How are you doing, big man? Yeah, very well. Um, the sun is shining. We've been for a nice walk this morning around Eaton Park. Uh, not a lot, really, other than that, other than it's very, very hot. And in my little stuffy room that I'm currently recording in, it's not very nice. It's just a bit sticky, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, humid. Yeah. Humid would be the word. But we've we've got some good action to look forward to, obviously. Across Ireland and France's free group ones this weekend. Big handicap to get stuck into as well at Newcastle. And, of course, we'll share some of our thoughts on what we saw at the Royal Meeting last week. Uh, we're going to start this week with the Irish Derby. And the bet we're recording this on Thursday evening. General 3-1 for Santiago, 11-2, Arthur's Kingdom, 6-1, Crossfire Hurricane, 8-1, Fiscal Rules, 12's Iberia, 14th, Dawn Patrol, Sherpa and New York Girl, 16-1, bar them. Look, it's the way the calendar's gone this year, Jim, and the way we've had to stick a lot into a little means that some races were always going to suffer for it. And the Irish Derby is surely the biggest example of this. On paper, this looks far from a vintage renewal. Yeah, it, it looks a weak race, but you never know. It, it might bring up a surprise. Um, Santiago, you mentioned heads of the market. Uh, he's had two wins out of his four starts. He, he's the obvious standard setter. Having won the Queen Vars, beating Barcher Rocco at Royal Ascot last week. We know the form lines with Barcher Rocco and that Linfield Derby trial. Uh, English King's now the favourite. The big concern for Santiago is his step down to two furlongs. The, I thought in the Queen's Vars he took a bit of time to get going and needed a bit of rousting along. And my first impressions when he passed the line were he's certainly a St. Ledger horse. It wasn't an Irish Derby horse. Um, He was was impressive winning the Queen's Vars, but... I, I, the, he's big and leggy and I quite like him to fill out a bit more before his next race. I, I'm of the opinion he, he might not want his races to close together. Um, I know last year there was there's fairly spaced out in, in his two-year-old career. Um, but I, I also think the soft ground helped him in the uh, at Ascot last week. And I don't think if the weather's anything like it is here in Ireland, I don't think that'll be any favour for him. It's not that I'm negative on Santiago West Horse in this race, but there is question marks stepping back down to one mile foot uh, on the ground. Yeah, I, I, I do kind of agree with what you say there a lot about Santiago. In terms of my initial thought on this race, when I saw the entries and the prices, was I kind of want to look for something other than him. Because I don't think it was a particularly strong renewal of the Queen's Vasey one last week, even though it, it came away an impressive winner. Not sure, you know, in terms of it being a Group 2, that it, it, was, it wasn't it was a particularly strong one, you'd, you'd say on paper. But I'm finding it hard to get away from him. Like, the second Fab Arthur's Kingdom, who was second in the uh, King Edward at Royal Ascot last week, 
he just looks to me all over the horse that'll be running in Australia in a year's time. Yeah, he did to me. That that's on that's my notes. Took time to get going, Melbourne Cup. Yeah, exactly, mate. It is is Lloyd Williams' dream that animal, and I'd I'd be I'd almost be disappointed if he was quick enough to win an Irish Derby. But that's the sort of race it is. Arthur's Kingdom, even though it was over a trip, I do think showed a turn of foot. Yeah, yeah. Which is why I'd be with him over Arthur's Kingdom. What do you make of Crossfire Hurricane, mate? Unbeaten. Group 3 winner last time out in the Gallinule. Yeah, yeah, he's progressed well throughout uh, listed in Group 3 races. I, I was impressed with his run last time. Um, he went against the odds because no one really fancied him, although the money did come quite late for him um, because all the talk was mythical going into that, having uh, finished fourth in the Zetland and uh, third in the Grand Criterium. Um, however, went through the race really nicely. I, I did think uh, Toronto, was it Toronto that went up off, off in the lead, set a yes. fair enough gallop um, and the race sort of fell apart for the, the hold-up horses, even though mythical, the, the odds-on shot was held up. But Crossfire Hurricane sighed through the rivals and, and, and got on top close home. Um, I didn't think he was good enough to be winning that race, and he showed a lot of qualities to to me that probably he's a fair enough each way bet in this. Um, I think 6 to one's a fair price about him, because his two wins at Dundalk, I thought, uh, pick up some listed races at Dundalk later in season and all around the country um, and that's obviously not the case because um, he won that group three last time uh, I think he's a decent each way price uh, and it, I, I think that'll be Shane Cross's first group one winner as well if he if he gets his head in front I like Crossfire Hurricane as a horse to me he doesn't strike me as a uh, 12 furlong animal no, that was my other point. Uh, question mark over the distance. I, on his breeding kittens, Joy doesn't exactly scream stamina, does it? No, exactly. It'd be, it'd be, it'd be good to see Kittens Joy get another Turf Group 1 winner, though, this season. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't rule that out over a, probably a mile, mile and two. Yeah, further down the market, Jim, we've got, we've got the likes of Fiscal Rules, still a maiden after two races, but he's taken good ones to beat him. A fifth in the Irish Guineas last time. Yeah, I thought he ran really well. He, he was quite slow away and, and never really on terms. Um, however, he kept on well in the final furlong and ch- showed a good bit of stamina that I think the step-up in trip will certainly suit him. Um, he, he obviously must have a decent chance, otherwise uh, Jim Bolger won't pitch him into this level. But it's it's a very, very open year and you, and you certainly couldn't rule him out at a price. No, Jim... There's there's a lot of Aidan O'Brien horses in here. I think he's got six. Uh, Order of of Australia is amount of Padraig Beggy, which means he's probably the one that's going to go and win. I quite like Tiger Moth. Yes, he's he's probably he's the one I've got circled. (laughs) At an each way price, I like that you're thinking along the same lines as me. Two starts, obviously. Won a maiden last time out. It's a big step up from. Maiden company straight into group ones. And McMcNamara takes a ride here. Uh, but he's smart. I thought his third in a Curra Maiden at the back end of last season was was a decent race. Ten-year ticket one that we've seen come out and winning listed company this season. 
he beat he finished ahead of another Aiden O'Brien horse there called Keats, who has won in Maiden Company as well since. And he was quite tidy at Leopardstown last time out, ahead of a Dawn Patrol and Order of Australia, who go here and the other Aiden O'Brien horse, who's got a <laughs> very Irish name and he runs in the Derby. It's the name of the it's the name of the Irish national anthem. Yeah, I know. Uh, I that is absolutely butchered. Uh, but they all seem to be well. It's it's Bally Doyle in it, so they just kind of throw thing throw darts everywhere. But the fact that all the first four of that maiden are running in a derby suggests to me that Bally Doyle think they might have. You know, they're all probably a hundred plus horses. So. Yeah. He'd be, he might be the one at an each-way price, mate. I'd, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he was up to winning enlisted company. And <laughs> this is, this is, it's practically a glorified listed race this year. <laughs> That's a nice way of putting it, yeah. I completely back up your, your Tiger Moth point. Um, it was the way he did it last time. I thought he travelled very, very well. And he, found, he, he was found for pressure when asked. Um, just got through the gap. Uh, and he's certainly a horse going play. He went straight in my tracker after that win. Um, he's unexposed. He gives me Vatican City vibes. Um, slightly light, lightly raced, and then he'll pitch in at the proper company and see how it goes. I, I think he's a fair enough price. And I tell you what, I won't even rule out King of King of the Throne at 66s. Um, Emmett Mullins is Rachel Blackmore takes the ride, which is great to see a jump jockey going for an English group one, because he's second behind Gal- Galileo Chrome. He was only just nabbed on the line, and he ran in the Racing Post Trophy. Oh, it's not, sorry, the Virtum Futurity. That's that's one of your classics. You don't like rename, the ring well, you, you, you just called the Irish Derby an English classic. Oh, I'm having a, <laughs> I'm having a nightmare. Um, it's the heat has got to my head. <laughs> oh, um, no, I, I'm interested in seeing how you can put up a, a five-race maiden beaten at Dundalk two starts ago for the Irish Derby. I'm interested. But um, I think that second last time, he was just nabbed on the line and he went a fair clip up front. More conservative rider over a mile and four. I've always had the impression that he'll want around a mile and four, uh, having watched him early on in his career. Because um, he always intrigued me because I saw he had the Virgin Futurity entry. And I, I've always kept my eye on him. And I think the, the 66s around, I know he's, it could be a wild, wild shout, which he obviously is with a 92-rated maiden running in the Irish Derby, but this isn't anything special. Um, I think that 66s is a fair price. And if they're offering four or five places on the day, because you can see that with, with them running, with the 15 runners, you can see him chucking a few in because they'll want to get Santiago beat. I think he could be a decent each-way shot. I, I think the step up to a mile and four will certainly suit him. I I like when we come out with a swing on this pod, Jim, but I think that's absolutely batshit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not saying that he's going to win, but I think he's... he's um, I think he's been disregarded by the bookmakers, and, and I don't think he should be. I, I love it, mate. I, I, I love that you've made a case... I'm happy to go with the bookies here and completely disregard him, though. The other ones I'd give a mention to are other uh, Coolmore types. Iberia held his form quite well as a juvenile last season. 
solidly 100 rated type animal placed in a couple of group races, placed in the Royal Lodge, placed in the Killer Vullen Stakes. Uh, third last time out in the Derringstown. Worries me that he was going backwards in the finish. I'd prefer in the same colours Donica's horse, Sherpa, who looks to me like he will improve for a step up in two furlongs. Third to Crossfire Hurricane last time out. He's 14 to 1. Uh, it's an interesting race, mate. You can, I say, it's a sort of race where you could be very tempted to have a stab. Yeah, hence why I've, I've made a case for a 50 to 166 shot. Yeah, it'll be. Look, I think Santiago's a likely winner. I think Santiago's a likely winner. And at an each way price, I think Tiger Moth would be the each way one for me. Yeah, there's nothing set in this race. I wouldn't be as strong on Santiago as you are. I'm not 100% the step down to two furlongs on better ground will suit him. Um, I think Crossfire Hurricanes, the muggy each way bet at sixes. Uh, I also think Tiger Moth's a solid each way. Could have three darts in this. And King of the Throne at, at 66s, if it's still around, who's 66s? Bet 365. My good friends at Coral are being very generous with all these prices recently. Yeah, and also later on the card there at the Cudder, last year's Irish Derby winner, Sovereign, who absolutely stole the races back out for the first time. Uh, Shamey Heffernan jocking off Padraig Begge. Because... It's a load of nonsense that this week, especially people saying Hector Crouch has been jocked off. Buick's Buick stable jockey, first string. Crouch has ridden him as often as Buick has. You know? Absolute storm in a teacup this week, I think. People making such a big deal over the Mark One ride on English King. Yes, he would have liked to have ride, uh, ridden him, but if you have the option of Frankie Dittori to ride the, the favourite of the derby, who has been there, done it, bought the T-shirt. We've seen how good a form he's been in last week. And we've seen last season his record group ones. Who's not going to pick him? I'm sure Tom Marquand will get a ride in the derby. And I tweeted it the other day. I think he'll get the ride on highest ground if he'll turn up. But it's an absolute storm in a teacup. I agree with that, mate. The one that was more baffling for me, like I said, was Hector Crouch. Just because... It was always going to be if military march. He rode military march in the Guineas because he was the second string. <laughs> that you know that that that's how it works. You know, no one says if Richie McLernan rides a John Joe second string, you know, or any JP second string, and then the horse wins, and next time he's fav. <laughs> that's not being jocked off. Yeah, you know, that's just how it like works. Exactly. Rob Avelin rode last time out in Newcastle. But he didn't ride him ride uh, in the Ribblesdale, did he? Exactly, mate. It's 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 a it's a, a whole load of a hoo ha. <laughs> it's people who are very bored and need something to complain about. It is. It is. Uh, we'll move up north, Jim, to Newcastle for the big handicap to get stuck into the Northumberland Plate. Uh, how are we at Northumberland Plate time of year already? I think the last well, we were still talking about Cheltenham two podcasts ago, uh, but the bet general six to one five Australis for Roger Varian fifteen to two Can Wenen eight to one Caravan of Hope nine Smart Champion tens Rainbow Dreamer twelves anyone can have it all sixteens Kings of Vice Collide Rashoon Rajinsky and twenty to one Bar them. Uh, 
Jim, you're quite good at dissecting these races sometimes, mate. Sometimes. Have you on one? Um, I've landed, uh, and it's a bit of a... I don't want to call him a cliff horse for me, but I've, I've followed him throughout his career. He's just Hubert. I think he sneaked into this on a nice weight. He's had a nice reappearance. Well, a nice reappearance last time. He finished last of six. But, <laughs> but the race didn't go out and suit him as much as I thought. Um, I don't think the ground was necessarily in his favour, but I think he, ne- he needed the run, so they, they had to run him. Otherwise, he wouldn't have been ready or tuned for this race. We saw William Mules win uh, the King Edward during the week with Pile Driver with Martin Dwyer on board. Um, I remember him. Um, I remember William Muir talking about Josh Hubert after he won the Young's Day's handicap at Sandown. Uh, what I thought at the time was going to be a, a very nice race. However, it's not planned out how I quite like it. They, they've always had the Melbourne Cup on the minds with this horse. Uh, they've always held him in quite high regard. And he, he stepped up to two miles last season in the Edinburgh Cup, and he and he won well on good to firm ground at Musselburgh. Um, that was off a mark of 86. He's only £3 higher this year, and I still think there's a bit of progression to come from him. Um, he's had 14 starts. Four of them have been in wins. I think I think good good ground's the key, but obviously running on the all-weather, that's obvious. Uh, that's not going to be the case. Um, I, I think he could outrun his odds at 20-1. to 1. I, I think he's there's still a bit more to come from him. I've, 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 he wins one and then he disappoints me. Um, and he's disappointed me for a while. So I'm hoping he might pop up here at 20s. He's the one that I'm probably going to be playing at the minute in the, at the prices. I'm looking to take on uh, Australis of Roger Varian's. He's, does it me or does Roger Varian always have a, like a, an overbacked favourite in the Northumberland play? Uh, can you give me a couple of examples, mate? It's not that, something I- I'm I trying to think this. off the top of my head who, who ran in the race last year. But I always have the opinion that um, he always has one that's over bet. And I'm trying to I'm trying to remember if it were last year. I'm, it might not have been last year. and It could be something I'm making up. <laughs> was it Gib, Gibbs Hill, was it, last year? Yes, that's actually a very, very good shout. Yeah, he won, mate. I think he pulled up or something. And I, I, I hope he were all right. I can't remember. I, I can't yeah, he's remember. been out since. Um but yeah, good call that, mate. I I have the opinion that he always has a horse that's overbacked in the race, and I always look to take him on. And most of the time, I've been right. I think Cam Wenham solid, having won the the Vars last year. Um, he, I, I I thought he was going to kick on for Charlie Fellows last season. Um, in after winning the Northumberland Vars, but things didn't quite kick on as much as he wanted. He ran in that valuable Marsh handicap and was never really in the race. Maybe that. The uh, quick, he's a, a horse that's sometimes needed to take a bit of time between his runs, and um, he's he does occasionally throw in the bad run. Um, but I, I think he's had two starts so far this season, finishing second in uh, handicap company both times. He'd need to step up again in this, and I, I think he's marks a, t- a tad on the high side. But I think he's probably I see him going off favourite, and I think. He's slightly overpriced at eights at the minute. I like Carl Wenham, mate. And I also would give a shout to the horse who beat him on his last start, which is smart champion for David Simcock. Uh, 
won, won at Newcastle back in February, beat Khan when won there, won there off 83, and then sneaked into the Ascot Stakes last time out, was fourth. Managed to look slow in an Ascot Stakes. <laughs> That's hard, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It is. If, if, even in an Ascot Stakes, you look at Orson, you think, he needs further, which is a bit a bit of an odd one. Get him in the Peter Marsh. But... <laughs> He's been he's, he's been running fairly well to be fair. In, consistent improvement on all three of his last starts. And it, again, I, I, I don't want to sound like a downer after Colwell in the Irish Derby, the glo- a glorified listed race. But this isn't a strong renewal of the Northumberland Plate. The Ascot no. last week was a better race. Yeah, disappointing. So he he's won on the all weather course and distance, beat a good yardstick in Canwen and taken what I'd established to be another step forward. Again, I can I'm, I know I've just called him slow and he's he's down in trip here, but it's in my mind it's all a little bit of a much of a muchness, you know, two miles to two and a half given the pace he go in those sort of races. Uh, the other one I like, Jim. At more of a bigger price, it's King's Advice. Yeah. Just because he's the best horse in the race, isn't he? And I'd, I'd I'd be happy to have him conceding, you know, seventeen pounds to the horses in this placed in the Grand Cup last time out, runner up behind Red Verdon. And his form is really quite solid. He was he ran all right in the Cigaro earlier in the season. I know he went on his huge winning streak, winning the big handicap at Goodwood and at Newmarket last year. Uh, a rapid improver. He probably doesn't quite as much have as much in hand of the handicapper as he had, as he did obviously last season. But in a race where I think there's quite a wide disparity between the ability of the horses in it, I'd be quite happy to go for one of the ones I felt was just the best horse in terms of raw ability. And King's advice is is that animal. And he's sixteen to one. Yeah, which I think it's fair. Yeah, I think sixteens is a fair enough price, you know. Um, he's he always runs fairly consistently, doesn't he? And he, I thought he ran well in the Grand Cup last time at Doncaster behind Red Verdon. I think back up to two miles has certainly been no problem. And, and he's probably I might once again there could be three players in this race, um, but I'll I'll stick with with just Hubert for me. Um, I think he's a decent enough price and I'm looking to take the ones at top of market on once again. Yeah, but all earlier on the card at Newcastle Gym, the Chip Chase states, Mubaka, we spoke about him for the Wokingham last week, didn't go. This looks more sensible, 11-4, to 4, 5 ahead of Brando at 5-1, to 13-2, Judicial, 7's Major Jumbo, 10's the Silver Wokingham winner, Chief of Chiefs, and 16-1, to 1, bar them. Uh, have you got a selection for this, mate? Uh, I think Mabaka will be very hard to beat, you know. Um, I was impressed with his victory in that handicap last time at New- Newcastle. He beat Glen Shield well. Um, he was held up and he, he, he ran through rivals. The question is in this race, who's who's going to set the tempo? It's going to be Major Jumbo, isn't he? He's going to go off uh, at a fair clip. You, you sort of know what you're going to get with him. Um, I also think it's interesting they've entered Brad the Brief in this, Tom Dascom. Uh, I thought they might be able to pick up another handicap with him and then go, but they, they've pitched him into the chip chase. He's also entered at Windsor in a listed race over six, which is uh, 
which are all for three-year-olds, which I think Mum Stiffles entered in, which is quite a hot race. But he's a horse that I quite like, Brad the Beef. He might not be good enough to be winning this, but he's a horse that I've been keeping a close eye on. But sorry, back to Mavaka. Um, I think he should. He's got the solid form in this race. We saw that he do, he's not exactly um, in love with with turf. Um, so all weather will certainly be fine. Course and distance winner. I think he should take all the beating. Brando continues to make me hit my head against the wall and think, why do I keep following you in? He'll probably pop up in this just to rain all over me. Um, I I have the same thing with Q card. <laughs> Going back to jumps racing again. Whenever I back Q card, he never won. But then when he when I didn't, he he'd he win easy. Um, and I think I have the same thing with Brando. So. I'm going to tell everyone now I am not backing Brando, so feel free to, to lump on at five to one. Um, uh, you, you, you're a massive fan of Major Jumbo. Do you think he'll run a race in this? No, he's a five furlong horse. Same yeah. judicial. That, I, I'm with you. Mabaka wins this for me. Uh, I think I his think... main market rivals are horses who. Well, Mabaka's five. Brando second five. Brando at his best wins this, but he was sluggish last time out. He was horrendous. Yeah, didn't like it. Judicial and Major Jumbo are good horses at this level, but both want five. And everyone else is a handicapper. Yeah, not good enough. It's pretty. I think it seems pretty straightforward to this me. I I, I can't get away from the backer. Yeah, same here. Cracking price, eleven to four. He's going five to two elsewhere. If you can still get a bit of eleven to four, have a nibble. To be fair, we're not going to go much in depth into it, but the the sprint handicap, the next race, the Gosworth Park Cup, isn't far off being as good a race. The likes of Copper Knight or Nate in there, Caspian Prince, the legend, he's still going at the age of 11. Good to see all that, all that out. We love a bit of ornate on this podcast. Also at Newcastle, there's a hop in stakes where Aloe Vera, who I've mentioned, I think, every week since the start of the season... He's finally declared with Harry Bentley on board. I hope she's as good as I think she is. Uh, before we move on to talking about Royal Ascot, Jim, we'll just go down to Newmarket and have a look at the Criterion Stakes, where they bet 11-4 to 4 for Limato, 5-1 to 1, Mug to Sim, 7-1 to 1, Vale of Ken, 8 Yafter, 9's Sir Dancelot, 10's Happy Power and on the Warpath, 14's Turgiman, then 28-1 to 1, the Outsider, tip to win. There were some good entries for this, Jim. Maybe not quite shaped up to be as strong a race as it looked earlier this morning before the final decks were out. But a tidy enough group three. Yeah, we've got the 2019 and the 2018 winner with Lamato and Sedancelot running this. Um, you know what you're sort of getting with Lamato, don't you? He's been fairly consistent throughout his career, winning the July Cup in 2016. Obvious highlight of all that. Um it's interesting Adam Kirby's on him now. The, the, the owner didn't think Harry Bentley got on with him. However, now they've turned to Adam Kirby to see if he can work the magic effect. Um, my my opinion on Lamato is he, he needs the run. Um, I know he's he's won fresh previously, but in the older age he gets, how old's Lamato now? Eight. Um, he's He's getting on in his career, and I feel like it just takes him one to warm up uh, into his game. So I'll probably be looking to take him on. Um, isn't it mad that he won the July Cup four years ago? That that feels like 
ages ago. It was only four years ago. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, to him, ex uh, William Agus, now with Charlie Appleby, been out in Maidan and Riyadh for the Saudi Cup meeting. Ran really well there, over six. Um, stepping back up to seven I th- won't be a problem. I'm, I think th- this is a really, really weak race, and um, I think Vale of Kent will probably go off with most of, will set the pace up for this. And, and I think, I know he's got the penalty in this, but I think Sir Dance a lot will have a, will have a good chance in this. I know he'd been out to Riyadh to run uh, behind Mugtasim, but his group two win at Doncaster was good. I know he didn't beat a lot, but you can sort of set your watch by him, really. You know where he's going to be. You know where he's going to go. I think I think seven furlongs is what he wants. He doesn't want six. He's not quick enough, and he doesn't want a mile. Uh, it's too far. So I, I think seven furlong good ground uh, at, at Newmarket could could suit him. And I think I think nine to one's a fair each way price. I'd agree with you in that. I think Sir Ancelot is overpriced. I'd certainly have him shorter than the likes of Yafter and Vale of Kent. He's been at Goodwood in the Lennox last season, where he beat the likes of Hey Gaman, Swaydwar, Speaking Colours, Space Traveller, Zake. Is the best piece of form over the past 12 months held by any horse in this race. Yeah. However, he won't be my pick, even though I completely see your case. I'd go with the King Power horse. Happy Power. Happy Power for Andrew Balding. Uh, Third on his seasonal reappearance in the Spring Trophy at Haydock, behind Space Blues and Safe Voyage. That was a good listed race, a better than average listed race. We've seen Space Blues go in in France this morning. And these bits and pieces of very, very solid form to Happy Power's name. He won enlisted company at York last season. Six, uh, sorry, fourth in the in the Sussex Stakes. Uh, also sixth in the QE2. You know, he's been competing, obviously not getting close to winning, but running reasonable races in races well above this level. I can't understand how he's such a big price. I know he's got form on softer ground, but I don't I don't think he's entirely reliant on it. And I don't know, is, is there something I'm missing? Yeah, that, that was my only main, main point in this. I think he runs better on soft. Uh, I know he has run good races on good before, but I think soft is more in his favour. Um, that would be my only question mark with him. Yeah, I'd, 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 I'd agree with that. I'd... I, I I would prefer rain to come for him. It's not going to happen. But I don't think he's fully ground dependent. You know what I mean? He might he might be a couple of pounds better on soft, but I don't think it completely blunts him when the ground's quick. Uh, he's a horse I like, mate. And I'd, I, I'd give another chance, even though he was woeful at Ascot last week. Surely Turgeman's better than he showed. Yeah, and, uh, that was my last point as well. Because he was, he was a good second in that Goodwood Group 3 behind Duke of Hazard. I know he was woeful as well the other week. Um, he's a big bull of a horse, and I feel like one day he's just going to pop up and surprise me. And it could, it could quite easily be here. He, I'm sure, I'm 100% sure he will win a graded race by the end of his career. Yeah, I, I agree, mate. I, I like Turgeman, and he'd be my. I'll be happy to have an each way duo of happy power and turgeman in this race yeah i think i think each way could be the way this weekend it's looking like um 
I, I agree with you, Turgeman and Sedan's a lot of probably doing that too each way, please. Yeah, there are two more group ones over the weekend. We're not going to go too in depth with them, to be fair, because we don't have final decks. Uh, the pretty polys at the current on on Sunday, uh, Magical, Magic Wand, and Fleeting are all in there for Aiden O'Brien. Then the next horse in the market is True Self, who wants further and is trained by Willie Mullins. So it's practically pick one of the O'Brien three that turns up. They should win. Magical's a legend. We all like Magic One. And uh, Fleeting probably come second. They should just uh, let Fleeting win a race. Just like take all the runners out and then let, let Fleeting win. Imagine a race between Fleeting and Ropey Guest. Christ. Oh, what a race that would be. I think we'll find someone to finish second. I was going to say, how would that work? <laughs> One of them will have to find some way to get beat. Oh, mate. Some do that. Uh, there's also the Grand Prix de San Clou uh, at San Clou uh, on, on Sunday. Uh, Way to Paris is in there. We like him. He's probably my favourite overseas horse. Uh, old Persian runs for Charlie Appleby as well. Uh, Royal Ascot, mate. We've both been busy boys this week, so we've not had time to put together a proper a proper review show, but we thought we'd, we'd do some reflections on really how the races at Royal Ascot shape up in terms of the division. So we had the King Stand won by Batash, finally. Hello, Yumzane won the Golden Jubilee. Golden Horde took the Commonwealth. The Golden Jubilee? It used oh, to be that, didn't it? It's the Diamond Jubilee. You know I don't do all this royal bullshit. <laughs> I, I don't know who any of them are. Uh, and we weren't really going to touch on the ha- on many of the handicaps, but I guess it would be foolish not to include Art Power, who won the Palace of Holyrood House handicap, which is fun to say. Uh, I've, I'd have had a good week in terms of sprints. I'd have had, I'd have had the winners of four and some again second in, in the in the world game. Becoming a bit of a dandy Nichols myself, mate, uh, but we've done. But really, I, I, I think they were obvious in that the three sprint group ones were all won by the best horse in the race. Correct. Um, Batash, I can't believe what price Batash went off. I thought five to six value. And for a man that is, I'd arguably say he's one of Batash, she's not his, his, his biggest fan, but one that looks to oppose him. Five to six was an outstanding prize. I couldn't believe how short Liberty Beach went off and glass slippers. Um, and I thought Batash was excellent. Um, that's what I wanted to see. And my main reaction after the race is, please, 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 I'd love to see him go to the Breeders' Cup. That would be superb. It, well, do you think it would suit him? I don't know, but I'd like to see him try. <laughs> uh, um, I'm, I'm not 100% sure. I, if he broke well, because I always find the English horses, they, they don't seem to break as well when they go over to America. However, if he broke well and got to the front, I, I, I think, or get got around the front, it, he'd be gone. I think, catch me if you can. I'd, I'd, I'd love to see him have a try. I hope Australia send them all over. Americans keep all theirs. I, I'd love to see him run against others because I think he, he could absolutely battle them to death. He'd, he'd murder them. Jim Watson living in the dreamland of Australians actually trying to compete internationally. <laughs> I forgot that don't bother. Last last horse to do that black caviar nearly got beat. 
Yeah, bless her. She was injured, though, to be fair to her. We'll, we'll, we'll let him have that one. Uh, I think the horse who will be the biggest danger to Batashi in any race this season is Skeptical, who ran a fine race in the insert whatever type of Jubilee the it diamond is. Diamond Jubilee. Yeah. Uh, ran a really good race in that. Uh, I can see why they went there. I can see why they went there because there was no big rival in terms of Batash. And also they had, you know, there was a longer gap for the horse to get over his previous exertions. However, on paper, I'd have said he's more of a five furlong type. And I think that's what he looked like. Yeah, he, he certainly travelled like the winner. Um, however, he just didn't find as much as, as what they were expecting. Maybe that run came too soon. I wouldn't roll out six furlongs of him straight away. Um I think a longer break and a better prep, and maybe he would have got his head in front. He was beating three quarters of a length in a group one at Royal Ascot. You can't knock him for that. I think step down to five would be certainly no issue. And I'd love him to have a run in Nunthorpe. The Nunthorpe's seriously hotting up this year. Batash could go. Um, the American two-year-old winner, uh, of, was it the, is it the Campanella? Yeah. Um, and and chuck skeptical into the equation. I think it's a fascinating when you know the non thoughts becoming they're sort of being rejuvenated in recent years. Oh, I love it. It's one of my I I, I know I love my boats on the over the jumps, but I would happily only have sprints on the flat. I love <laughs> them, and and it's a sort of race where you could. The reason I love them is because you get the same sort of horses popping up here and there. At big prices, you can make cases for ones at bigger prices. And I also kind of like the thing where it's a little bit similar to jump, a little bit more close to jump racing in that you get horses like the likes of Ornate who will run in a class two handicap, then a group one. You know what I mean? The, the, yeah. the, thing, the thing the flat misses is, is graded handicaps, really. To be fair, I wouldn't actually have them myself, but I love them as part of jumps racing. Yeah, uh, the, the difference, uh, you know, the sort of 110 type horses. King's Advice, a perfect example of kind of being in that middle zone of not good enough to win proper black type races, but having a bit of a job on his hands to win any fit, to win any big handicap off the off the weights he carries, you know. And but that that seems to completely go out of the window with a sprint. Like I say, the likes of Arne, who will probably get beat at Newcastle on the weekend, and you'll see him in the running the Nunthorpe next time at 50 to 1, and there'll be people making cases for him. Yeah, he's mad, isn't it? I love it. I do love it. Uh, Art Power should run in the Nunthorpe. Uh, it's a cliche, but Group Horse in a handicap, he looked it before the race, and he proved it. Uh, yeah, I, I, he was very, very impressive. Led all the way. We, we said that the step down from six to five certainly wouldn't have, wouldn't have suited him uh, would have suited him um, he, he, he seems like an absolute speedball the John Quinn trained horse that got beat by Lajulai the name's just escaped me now keep busy uh, travelled as if coming to beat him uh, and he, he's found so a, a bit more for pressure and he's blitzed him um, very impressive you have to step him up in class now won't you yeah, really, really impressive winner. Probably, in my opinion, the most impressive handicap winner of the week. Uh, the six furlong racers, Jim. Hello, Hume Zane. We spoke about on our uh, season preview with Liam, where we all kind of felt he was probably the best six furlong horse in training. Uh, 
went off a ridiculously big price on what he'd achieved. Liam said, and I kind of agree that he's sort of unsexy. I think yeah. it's because he's got a crap name. <laughs> Unoriginal name. It's um, a rubbish name. He's a horse named after another horse, which is always rubbish. <laughs> and he's a horse named after a middle distance animal, and he's a sprinter. He's the worst named horse in training, but he's bloody likeable, got a lot of heart, and fought well to beat Skeptical and gain another group one victory. Yeah. I mainly know him for breaking the heart of Calix. I, I was at the Sandy Lane when uh, I was like, I'm just going to watch Calix win easy. Uh, and then Hello Usain popped up. Um, I thought he was an absolute ridiculous price at 92. Uh, that that break by Kevin Stock absolutely pinged the gates. Great to see Kevin Stock get a group one. Um, he's a jockey going places because he's been riding, riding winners left, right, and centre. Uh, I think he had a winner yesterday up in Scotland. To, uh, thoroughly deserved by Elo Yumzain. Uh, that break is what I think won it. Kept him going from the front. He was always finding, especially when he could get his toe in. I always think he's a bit better when there's a bit of digging in the ground. Great to see. And nice to see Kevin Ryan with another good sprinter. Do you think that's why he went off the price he did? Yeah, I think so. Because it was officially good on the day, wasn't it? But I still thought there were digging a fair bit up there, there was, you can point your toe in there I think that's what he wants he do, I think he don't want it bottomless but you, so he can feel it yeah and a the first winner of the season for the turf top 12 well done Charlie for putting up Golden Horde as a horse to follow first run of the season and he gets a group one in the Commonwealth Cup really impressive as well held his I form forgot what this race was this race didn't happen oh Pierre Pierre Jim's being taken away because of a Harry Angel brother. Not looked at a horse who was really only being beaten by properly, properly good ones. There was, there, there was nothing, mate, to match the form of Golden Horde as a juvenile last season. And he's progressed well enough. And in fact, has looks like he's taken another step forward to beat Kamari for Wesley Ward. Your mate, Pierre Lapan, just... The thing is, the thing with Pierre Lapin, mate, why I, why I was nowhere near as keen as him as you, and why I thought the market had it completely wrong and that Golden Horde should have been fav, was because Pierre Lapin still looked all at sea, even when he was winning, when he won the Millwreath, he still looked completely like he was learning on the job, and that was the vibe I got from him again today, it was too bad to be true, but I don't know, mate. To be fair, you're, you're more of a fan of him than me. What did you make of his effort? He was just never... I never really thought he was travelling. He never had the speed in the race. He, he were never... He just looked all at sea. It was like he'd been chucked in at the deep end, uh, which he certainly had, but, and he was sinking. Uh, I hope everything's all right. I hadn't heard out about him. I, the ambulance soon come to pick me up after I was in a heap on floor, but uh, I didn't need much resuscitating after shouting the house down a Scarlet Dragon. <laughs> Yeah, that, that, that was a good late call on Twitter, mate. That rescued your week after I had to go and be sympathetic to you on Twitter because of how bad it was going. That's I the even... first time you've ever been sympathetic. Oh, mate, I, I was honest, like, especially after Pierre, because I know how much you liked him. I was sat there and I was just thinking, I hope Jim wins. I, I hope know, Jim I wins. I had an absolutely awful week up to, up to Scarlet Dragon. And things on, I was second with Tritonic. I was, uh, what else did I have that was second? I, I just kept banging my head. The only thing I got to shout about was Stradivarius. <laughs> and I was thinking, well, it's not exactly so much to shout about at the prices, but I, I think I got resurrected. I was more disappointed with Anthony Van Dyke in the Hardwick. 
that was devastating. The the in the art power was second. Satahi was second. I was just thinking, I need a severe resuscitation. I'm going for a wild swing with Scarlet Dragon, and it paid off. Yeah, really likable horse. Alan King had a brilliant week as well. We'll touch on the rest of that later. Yeah, I've got to the point. It was like you know when. Arsenal fans started booing a boo and he cried. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's what I felt like. I felt like I I enjoy laughing at Jim, but now now it's got too bad that I actually want to just give him a big hug. So I was buzzy when Scarlet Dragon won for you. Uh but no mate, I, I think Golden Hod is capable of winning other group ones this season. I know that sounds very, very obvious. But he's a he's a proper six furlong horse. It took Earthlight, who hopefully we'll see in the Jean Pratt, to beat him in the uh, middle park last season. Clive Cox is a king with sprinters. Just everything about him is really, really solid. Yeah, and I certainly think he'll tighten up for that run. He looks slightly on the junkies, and he's a beautiful-looking animal going on at Hod. And I certainly think, uh, looking forward to the July Cup, that'll be right up his street. You can see him contesting... Uh, against Hello Yumzain and that lot in the future. Yeah, completely, mate. Uh, and of course, with with the sprinters, I think it'd be folly not to mention Summergand, of course, who was so close to finally winning one the Wokingham. Hey Jonesy, though, Jim, a really good horse that dropped to a good mark and came up at a big price to take the Wokingham. Yeah, uh, it was it, it was a bit of an upset, wasn't it? Um, I've, I've given a, a mention for Hay Jones early on in the week, which he disappointed in. However, Summergan once again just just on the line. I've, he's a, he's turning into a, a, he's just infuriating. Me. I bet you he's a, he's a dream to all, but he must put you through everything as an as an owner because he just wanted to get his head in front. He got a horrific passage through as well. He did. Uh, I think he was next to mine, Gulliver. Um, because I, I was watching Gulliver and Summergan um, because I knew you liked him and he, I, you've got a feel for him he's, he's going to win one of them oh, I absolutely love him he won't be far off my favourite horse on the flat I love Alope de Vega as well so I'm, I'm, I am I, I absolutely love Summergan I'll be buzzing when he wins but that probably will never happen uh, the Milers Jim and we'll start with the Queen Anne Circus Maximus mate he just gets the job done, doesn't he? Really, really good race. Yeah. Um, you always look to oppose him, but oppose him with risk. Um, well, that that was what we said on the on a, on the preview pod that it was nine to four when we recorded on a on the Sunday night. He drifted to fours and then he became a bet. Yeah. Um, he will um, always drift. Yeah. Because so many people look to get him beat, and he's he rallied well with with Terabellum. I do think the extra crack of the whip that Ryan Moore did, and he got the whip back on, just got his head in front. Um, it was literally one one smack, and he just put his neck out to go an, an extra further uh, inch. Terabellum's run better than I was thinking. I, I wasn't a hundred percent sure that the step down to the mile was what she wanted. Uh, she's certainly there's there's many grade ones that you can be winning with her and she's versatile now she can go uh, for Phillies races and, and against the other gender 
Yeah, very much so. Races like the Nassau, the Sun Chariot. She's versatile in regards to a mile and 10 furlongs as well. She'll be picking up practically every Phillies group one she turns up in, you'd assume, unless one of the proper big Phillies turns up. Uh, unluckiest loser of the week, though, Jim, must be Mohaffa. Oh, I was tearing my hair out. In agony. Um, Crowley just never got a run in it. Uh, it just felt like my luck, to be brutally honest. Crowley were popping in winners left, right and centre, but he just couldn't get my half through a gap. Um, absolutely devastating. Now you can do about it. Uh, they all come near side and he, he just couldn't get a clear run. Whether, would he have won anyway? Would he have won with a clear run? I'm not exactly 100%. The, the front two went a fair bit clear. He still had a bit of ground to make up. I'm not 100% he would have won. I don't think he'd have won, but he'd have been in the free. Yeah, he might have been third. Still retains, still remains a horse with a lot of potential, though, my half. I don't think we've quite seen the best of him yet after only six career starts for Marcus Trigodin. Uh The other horse I'd just like to mention, well, in fact, probably two I'd like to mention. One would be Roseman. He yeah. was fourth here on his first start of the season. I don't want to sound a bit after-timey, but Jim will vouch for this, was that he was on the shortlist for my horses to follow this season. He was. I ended up putting up Satono Japan. Uh, the reason I didn't go for Roseman is that he blagged my head. <laughs> and that when he ran in the Hampton Court last year, I thought all over this horse looks like he's going to be a good, uh, a good mile and a half horse. And then he's winning over a mile the next time out on dreadful ground at Newmarket. And then I'm kind of thinking... What are you? You know, I mean, similar to Circus Maximus, to be fair, who I thought were going to win the St. Ledger. Uh, uh, but he's he's run a really good race on his first start this season. And I'm sure that in a decade's time, if you're still going, there'll still be people trying to put up accidental agent each way uh, for these Group 1 races. He's run another good one, to be fair, here in the Queen and coming home in fifth for Eve Johnson Horton. Nice to see him actually having his head screwed on for once. Uh, the mile races for three-year-olds, Jim. I'll let you take the lead on the coronation stakes. You really, really like Alpine Star, and she's got the job done. Yeah, she did it really, really well. I've always been of the opinion at the start of the season that she'd be better than Albania. Um, and I, I was certainly right. I think this is a really, this was a really, really good race, and she's obliterated the field. Sharing's ran a cracker for Graham Motion. Um, I, I thought bit of, it possibly was a bit close to the to the pace. Maybe might have been a bit closer. Um, however, Alpine Star was absolutely sublime, ridden perfectly by Frankie Dittori. I think the step up uh, step up in trip won't won't be no issue. We saw with Alpha Centauri, um, she she was okay over a mile and four. And, and I think Alpine Star um, stepping up to a mile and four won't be no issue. Um, uh, it's fascinating. I wonder where they'll go next because do you think they'll go Irish Oaks or English Oaks? Or... Oh, I think the English Oaks have come too soon. Yeah. Personally. Irish Oaks is 18th of July, I think, if I remember rightly. I've made a note of it. 18th of July. I mean, she's by Sea of the Moon. So that that would give you a that give you confidence with regard to stamina, but she does race to me like a mile a night. Yeah. Yeah, not not that I'd completely discount her getting a mile and a half, but it just wouldn't be something I'd be rushing to try. 
yeah, because she's won that well enough over a mile. Don't try and change it if it's not broken. Yeah, exactly, exactly, mate. And don't get me wrong, it's 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 a it's a fun group of fillies, I think, this year. Like you said, I I, I am a fan of quadrilateral, and again, ran all right there, looked slow. Interesting to see whether she turns up in the Oaks. Really, really good shout from her Graham Motion to bring sharing over here. She ran really well. It was it was a fairly deep renewal of the Coronation Stakes in terms of every filly that ran was entitled to be there. Yeah, and and Cloak of yeah Cloak of Spirits I thought ran well enough. Was far too keen uh, to be even winning this. I think if if Cloak of Spirits settles down a bit, the, the race is to be won with a Run wild showed it was could have been a, a slight fluke last time out um, with the ground riding so fast at Newmarket. I agree, really, really deep race. The St James's Palace mate lived up to expectations as well. Really, really fun race to watch as Palace Pier got the better of Pinatubo and Wichita. A good run from Positive, who had Priest put put as one of the horses to follow. On his first start this season in fourth, the three big guns came to the fore, though, mate, and it was probably the least exposed that took it. Palace Pier still unbeaten. Yeah, a really, really good performance from Palace Pier. Um, I, I was unsure going into the race whether he had the class to be going up against Pinatubo and Wichita, and he certainly did, showed that he does. I thought it was a superb piece of race riding by Dittori going so far wide. I think he went five wide round the home t- turn. And I saw, saw watching the race at Ascot last week, the slingshot round the outside seemed to be the way to go. Uh, and and Dittori used that as prime example, making sure he also got a nice straight to get galloping, get going. We saw early on in the week, Ross Ryan did that with Highland Chief, uh, got him going on the outside, no trouble. It was almost like a golden highway. And one of Dittori's best rides, uh, in my opinion, of the week. Um, Pinatubu slightly keen early on held up I, I feel it, I'm getting two darn hot vibes off him this season I'm glad I, I, I was of the opinion and it's clear I've learnt my lesson from two darn hot um, don't get whipped up into a frenzy as much uh, as I should have done but Pinatubu is running credit don't ever say to me that Pinatubu has I don't think he's regressed from last season, he's just not as good, which you could say means the same thing, but he's, <laughs> he's, he's run well here. You can't knock him. He, he's, he's run well. That's it. Uh, Wichita, I, don't, I thought that race, uh, the, the Guineas possibly took slightly too much out of him. Uh, he looked he looked a tired horse, if you know what I mean. And I've always been of the opinion he might want mile and two mile. Uh, mile might be a bit quick for him. Um, Threat was slightly keen, wide, and I don't think once a mile, I think the step stepping back down will certainly be the key. And positive was hanging, I, I made a note, late on. He got a couple of bumps and nothing really went his way. He's a horse that you won't roll out uh, this season. I, I, I think he's a turf top horse to follow. I think he's, he's definitely got races to be won with. A really, really good race. Uh, and I'd, I'd love to see Palace Pier go for something at the Breeders' Cup. I know it's had two mentions already, and it's and we're a long way away. But Palace Pier or Pinatubu in the in the Breeders' Cup is something that excites me. And Pinatubu versus Siskin in the Sussex Stakes—they're they're the intended 
places that them two horses are going next. How would you relate Siskin to this group of three, Jim, and Cameco in terms of the miling cults we've seen? I guess we could throw Victor Ladorum in there. Who's the best? Over a mile at where? Yeah. Oh, go on. on. I'm interested why you ask that then. Over, over a mile, would would things differ for you then regarding to tracks? So I'll say Newmarket and Ascot. Yeah. Um, because I think Victor Ladorum at Newmarket. Really? Yeah. I think Pinatuba at Goodwood in the Sussex. I think Siskin at the Curra last time out was his best performance on that tracking trip. I think Palace Pier at Ascot. I, I think it it'd vary depending on what course. Oh mate, I would not be I would not have that much disparity between you. I think Siskin's the best of them and Palace Pier is a clear second best. Do you think? I do, yeah. So do I you do think I... Siskin will beat Pinatubu? Yes, definitely. Ooh, I think I, Circus, I, I think Circus Maximus will beat Pinatubo in the Sussex. Confidently. Do you, do you think Circus Maximus will beat Siskin? Uh, no, I don't. I, I'd, I'd rather have Siskin in the Sussex than Circus Maximus, and I would definitely have Circus Maximus over Pinatubo. Circus Maximus can box along, right? You can push him and push him and push him. He stays further than a mile. And if you were if you were Team Bally Doyle, you would just be wanting to take uh, to take Pinatubo out of his comfort zone. Pinatubo's top speed is quicker than Circus Maximus's, but Circus Maximus can maintain a pace for a lot longer than Pinatubo. Again, who was slowing at the finish? Yeah. You know, ta- tactically, if I was if I was Aidan O'Brien, I'd be looking at Pinatubo with a horse like Circus Maximus and think and be thinking. This horse's weaknesses are exactly what my horse can exploit. Mm. You know what I mean? Which is why I'd be less worried about Palace Pier, who is a proper traveller. Yeah. Is a traveller and was strong at the finish, which is why I think he's a absolute weapon. I think him and Siskin are, are, are the two. Yeah. So you've quickly... Did, I've been being a big fan of Pinatubu, looking forward to this season. You've You've come to the opinion that He's not good enough. No, he can win group ones this season. Yeah. He, he can win group ones this season. But he's raced twice this year and he's been beaten both times. He's beatable. Yeah. And and the, both times have shown ways how to beat him. He's mm-hmm. not, you know, he's not flawless. Yeah. And, and and that's what is and it's it, you know that's not a dig at a horse saying he's not flawless he's a bloody good animal he's a bloody good group one horse and it's anyone who's slating him is you know is being harsh or had over over the top expectations for him but he's been done twice yeah and I'm and, not a hundred percent sure Pinatubu wants like at Newmarket I'm I think he. As much as he won uh, towards the end of last season in the Dewhurst at, at Newmarket, I'd say that was probably one of his worst performances. And I don't think he were all at sea in the, uh, in the Guineas. I don't think he likes Newmarket that much. I could see that. I could see that. He was better here than he was at Newmarket. Yeah, 100%.
But no, I'd I'd expect Palace Pier to confirm the form with him. And I, I you know, what? I think the market would probably go that way if they met again. And I think Siskin will be faving the Sussex. Yeah, I think you're both favourite um, in in the Sussex, and I I'm, I really like Siskin. Um, however, probably I'll I'll more than likely look to take him on. It's not really a mile race as well. It's over seven, but I think it's nice. It'd be nice to give him a laugh from the winner of the jersey and mention a horse we were both really keen on. Really, really decent two-year-old last season as well. Won the Flying Scotsman where he beat Wichita and Berlin Tangle that form. Working out very well. Uh, seasonal reappearance of the ground. Possibly the worry for him. His best form as a two-year-old is all on uh, quick ground. But he's a grafter, this lad, and he's better than a group three horse. Yeah, um, he won really, really well. And you have to... Um, he beat Rick Wichita last season um, at Doncaster in that Flying Scotsman. And, and we've seen Berlin Tango come out since win that derby trial at Kempton uh, and ran well to be third in the Hampton Court. So that form, form's keeping up well. I, I, my main question, Mark, was the soft ground. Um, I thought he was disappointing at Newmarket, but he's he's certainly won here um, on the soft. I, I think I think Roger Vary was talking about him on Look on Sunday and said he did a couple of pieces of work early on and he was he wasn't exactly pulling up trees. He he was saying this is what he thought was the best three-year-old for Shadwell uh, this season, and then he was disappointed in his first piece of work, but. Richard Hills has been riding and said he's been getting better and better uh, every week because they were planning on going to the Guineas, but um, Roger Varian said that he thought it had come slightly too soon for him, even though it was a month late. Um, so, yeah, I think Malathan's a, a nice horse. It'll be interesting to see where he pitches up next because uh, you'd have to look for some group twos or even chuck him in at the deep end. Yeah, good win as well from Nazif in the Windsor Forest. That fillet is fairly reasonable and he's probably capable of going in at that level. Again, maybe even Group 1 company. Moving up to middle distances, Jim, the Prince of Wales was on paper one of the best races of the week. And Lord North, again, like we said, looked like a group horse in a handicap a lot of last year. I didn't think he'd be this good, though. No, I, I mean, I, I've not exactly been Lord North's biggest fan in recent weeks. I mean, nabbed me last week with Lark having the in the Brigadier Gerard, but uh, I, I think I'm not sure what to take out of this race. I, I was having this debate to, well, with myself um, that I feel like the race fell apart a bit. Nothing really ran to what we were expecting it to run like. Um, I, well, maybe Japan didn't show up. Japan, peak Japan would have absolutely chanced him. Um, however, he's been beat six length by Lord North and I, I'd take that with a pinch of salt I know it's a group one and it's it's the Prince of Wales but Lord North sat last and out quickened them in, in the in the final two furlongs oh, I don't know what to take of it and I, I know I, I can't explain what I think of this race I, I just feel it fell apart the ground went against the Dave Barney Roy did what I expected him to do. Hedman was far too keen, and it, it was just, it's a funny race. 
I think you can give excuses to the ones in behind. I think Japan will be better next time out. But I buy this from Lord North. Yeah. You know, the way he quickened suggests to me that even if, even if, you know, you were getting better performances from Japan, he'd have made him work. Yeah. You know, just just because horses in behind haven't run to form doesn't mean that the winner has still done it well. You know what I mean? Yeah. I I I buy it. I'd be a little bit more enthusiastic about this than you would be. I think if Japan if Japan comes home ahead, Jim, of Lord North and then a Dave and then Barney Roy, you look at it and you think, well, that makes sense. And it also makes sense that Japan might be a little bit ring rusty. I buy this form. Yeah. I buy this form. Japan's never been at his best first time out. I was I was happy to overlook overlook that because I kind of saw it, the way he progressed last season and I kind of thought the boy had become a man. You know, that, that the Japan on his first two starts earlier in his career was just a much inferior horse to the one we have now. In fact, it it's pretty similar. We'll talk about his little brother in a little bit, Mogul, that it's a bit of a trait that they are horses who take a little bit of time to warm up. Uh, look, it, it won't surprise me if Lord North went in again at Group on Company this season. I buy this race. Adabe has clearly improved again. Uh, Barney Roy probably isn't quite good enough to win a Group 1 uh, of normal standard in this country nowadays, but there are races there with him. And yet, you'd expect to see improved performances from Japan. I do prefer him over a mile and a half than I do over a mile and a quarter, though. I will admit that. Yeah, uh, I, I'm of the same opinion. Um, funny race. Not not sure what to take with it, but Lord North was a good winner, and, and I can't really crab it. Oh, and as well as this, James Doyle took the ride on Lord North. Where was the people saying, where's Rob Aveling to ride him? Ha! Brilliant. No, you're right. You're absolutely spot on with that, mate. Absolutely spot on. Uh, we'll move up two furlongs to the Hardwick, Jim. Stay with the older horses, then we'll go back and talk about the three-year-olds. Uh, and Fanny Logan, mate, I wouldn't have called this. No, I, I, don't, I don't think anyone would have. No, a winner for John Gosden. Yeah, very, very good winner. Um, again, the Golden Highway slingshot down the outside. Got saw all the light of day that certainly Anthony Van Dyke didn't see. Another funny, funny race. I like him to say that there's question marks stepping him up two furlongs. Was ridden as if he was an out and out one mile four stayer. He was he was lit up by Jim Crowley and sent for home round the bend as if he was a good thing and and look what he's ended up. Um, Defoe has kept Anthony Van Dyke in. Ryan Moore will have been seething after that race, uh, shouting for a bit of room. Getting rolling, getting going. I, th- I think Fanny Logan was a very, very good winner. A Lunak in second, second start for uh, Andrew Baldin. He's run very well at, at a big price. Hamish has certainly enjoyed the soft ground and um, has possibly blown his. I think he's up two pounds. I think or three pounds. Possibly blown his mark for the E ball, which he's becoming a value now that Goshen has uh, apparently not going to be running the race. So Hamish is. Uh, these colours are going to win, might win some big race this year, even if it's not convict. Uh, however, Anthony Van Dyke needed a bit of room and, and never got it. Communicate was flat. Fanny Logan, good winner. Um, I don't know where you go next with Fanny Logan. Interesting, interesting, because I was disappointed with her last time. 
I thought, I know it was only a little runner race and the Beckett horse got the lead the whole way, but I was expecting it to pick her up later on. Uh, and she just didn't. Maybe she needed that run, and she, which clearly she did. And and she she's won this well. But a funny, another funny race. Um, I'm not a hundred percent what to take from it. I think I do still think Anthony Van Dyke's the best horse in that race. Uh, yeah, he's, he he got he got no luck there. But I still kind of feel like it was. I don't think he'd have won that with a clear run anyway. Fanny Logan's done it well, mate, and. I guess it would be Philly's, Philly's group ones you'd have to be looking at now. You know, Yorkshire Oaks en route to something like the Vermeer. Yeah, that, that's that's probably what I'd have in mind. Keep her against her own sex. and She's she done outstandingly well to win this um, against uh, the Colts and Gelding. So, yeah, I, I, think, I think maybe I'm underappreciating the two Gosden winners, but they, they've both won very well. Moving down to the three-year-olds, Jim, we saw Russian Emperor win the Hampton Court for Aidan O'Brien. Pile Driver won the King Edward. And in the Phillies is a proper Oaks contender in Frankly Darling, who won the Ribblesdale. Your thoughts on the three of them? Yeah, Russian Emperor, I had, I had question marks on his on his temperament and his head carriage, but he, he certainly had no problem nabbing me by half a length on the, on the Wednesday with first receiver. I think first receiver is the better horse of the two in that. He was far Ooh. too much keen. And I think if he's entered in the derby, I think he, he could be of interest. I think Michael Stout's going to win the derby no matter what, because if highest ground comes out, I am going to be singing from the rooftops. Um, I, I think first receiver is the better horse of the two. And I know that's a slightly bold statement. He pulled so hard and he still managed to finish so well. He was far too keen. Never give Frankie Dittori a moment's rest. And he was just beaten by a, a, a horse that was probably more streetwise uh, to him and, and come over the, come over the top, top of him. And I respect Russian Emperor, but I'm still not 100% on his, on his gameness. I, think, I thought it was a very, very good ride by Ryan Moore. Just getting on top late. Didn't hit the front too soon. Um, but I, I think the first two are, two are very nice in that. Uh, on the Tuesday, he talked about Frankly Darling. Very, very impressive. Um, I was slowly talking myself out of it. Um, when it, in the afternoon, I was I was thinking, well, it's, it's Newcastle. It's a big step up. This is a group group race. And 11 to 8 was an absolute steal in the end. She, she's won very impressively. Frankie kept up with the pace, which which was clearly what won the won the race. Another good ride by the the man in, in form, and just kept going once once hitting the front. And certainly the Oaks looks the next target. And did you mention was it Pile Driver the other one, Lewis? Yes, Pile Driver. Nice to see Willie Muir and Martin Dwyer win a group too. Um, good. It's a good horse, and you might as well pitch your arm in the derby now, having won that. You beat Morgul, which, as you mentioned, was disappointing and slightly a bit like his brother. Um, Mohican Heights continues the, the job form for David Simcock. I thought he ran well for the form of the stable. Arthur's Kingdom we've talked about early on. And, yeah, I thought it was a very, very good ride by Martin Dwyer. Got the gaps when he wanted, and there was no stopping him. Yeah, Pile Driver deserves his place in the derby. I think Mogul will come ahead of him, though. 
I'm happy to retain the faith in Mogul, even though he was very, very disappointing there. I, I just think he looked like a horse who need, who needed the run. He looked like a horse who looked like Yeah, just I don't know. Look, I, I'm I'd have, I'd have liked to have seen him go and win, but I, I thought he would have done. Don't get me wrong, but it was always in the back of my mind that it wasn't the end of the world if he got beat. Yeah. Today, so I'm happy enough to retain the faith there. I think you're being harsh on Russian Emperor. Yeah. I think it's an experience rather than temperament. Yeah. Uh, he probably should have won the Derringstown. He probably would have done if he'd got his head down. Uh, but Ryan Moore delivered him really well. And again, he's another one I definitely have in mind for the Derby. Won't, won't be my first choice at the minute, and I probably won't actually settle on one until next week. But if someone said to me they fancied Russian Emperor for the Derby, I won't call him a mentalist. Yeah. Yeah, I, I respect that. Um, what's the difference in price? First receiver, 16s, Russian Emperor, 8s. So, right, that's fair. That, 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 I can see your point now there. That I don't think there should be that disparity. Are you right? Yeah. Um, I certainly think first receiver didn't exactly look like a disappointment. Um, having won that maiden at Kempton impressively and then going into that, that was a, still a big step up. And to be so keen at that level and still run a good race, as soon as first receiver settles, I think he's he could be a bit of a weapon. And I like Frankly Darling, mate. She does. She still does a fair bit wrong. Yeah. And I'm not sure whether... With Epson being such a unique test, you can take that in two ways, in that there are obvious flaws to her, or there are things that can be ironed out of her. And therefore, see further improvement. What I really like is that we know we know she gets a trip, and we know yeah. she'll go away at the finish, even though she was raced keenly and was a little bit messy in her race craft during the race. I think she wins the Oaks. Whoa, you've said it. I do, mate. I I've got all the time in the world for love. I've been there. I do, I do, you know me, mate, but I, I just, I have it in my head. Do, do I see a scene, seeing 12 furlongs out as well as the likes of Frankly Darling? You know, I, I think she'll be still going forward at the finish at Epsom. And that's what I really like about her. It wouldn't be a five-star nap. And when I actually delve into the race once everything's entered... I may be a little bit less keen and I may, the more I look into it, you know, I may find one or two more chinks and I may slightly end up putting myself off once I have a proper look at the race. But at this stage, if you were to say who's the Oaks winner, I'd say frankly, darling. Oh, well, next week's episode is going to be a thriller because we're going to be taking each other on. (laughs) It will be, mate. It will be. You know me, I'll probably have bottled it by this time next week. But no, I was, I was very, very keen and I thought she did it well. Uh, and obviously, we have to talk about Stradivarius, Jim. Performance of the week, three gold cups, swinging his big willy around, and he's got every right to, because he is the king. <laughs> he is the absolute dog, isn't he? He's such a boy. Everyone in the morning, soft ground's going to worry him. Soft ground's going to worry him. Oh, shut up. Everyone crying. We saw him win last season uh, on soft ground, the same race. This was arguably a lot weaker. Um, and it, 
don't get me wrong, Stradivarius was mightily impressive, and that's what we all wanted. We wanted someone to shout down, win the Gold Cup by 10 lengths. But the field behind were nothing special. Technician ended up uh, being injured, and he's now been uh, retired and set aside for stud. Cross Counts has been doing what he's been doing for the past however many months, looking at the backside of Stradivarius. With Hull has been disappointing so far this season. Nayef Road was far. No, that was a good run from Rivold. I'm not having that. Yeah, man. No, I'm not. I'm not. He's, he's a good group three stayer, and he's finished fourth in a Gold Cup, which is a right effort from a group three stayer. Yeah, but he's been beaten 24 lengths. Um, I think Stradivarius is the absolute don. It's the way you watch in the parade ring. You just go, oh, is it time for Gold Cup time? I'm just going to trounce him. Oh, I love him. He probably got the biggest reception in our house uh, this week. All my family have watched Royal Ascot. Well, mum and dad have watched Royal Ascot with me. And even they were impressed with him. Uh, and, it, and the viewing figures have showed by ITV this week that 1.5 million people watched him win, which was even better. That's what racing needs. We need champions, and he certainly is one of them. Yeah. Oh, mate, my jaw was on the floor. I've never seen a horse with that turn of foot over that trip. The way he was just cantering behind Mayf Road, who was running an absolute stormer in second as well. And I take back everything I said about him last year. I'm a big fan of him now, Jim. Uh, you, you were quick to slag me off for saying that Nayef Road wasn't very good. Yeah, I, I, I was. To be fair, I thought I thought I thought it was a bit of a joke statement from you when he's saying all oh, that. I'll be winning group races. He's finished second in the Gold Cup. Fair play, mate. But just the way Stradivarius and Frankie just lobbing along behind him, cantering, cantering, and it was it was just a question of when. When do we press a button? And then they press a button, and ten strides, the race is over. Yeah, because he's not always a horse that finds that much in front, is he? Um, he always just does enough and saves it for himself. But he's absolutely blitzed home. Great to see. What a performance. Champion. Absolute champion. Bring him for four gold cups. What do you think about the app? I think it's a ridiculous idea and they should keep him over two miles. I agree. Well, I don't think it's a ridiculous idea. I can see why they do it. But he won't win one. So no, we, saw, yeah, we saw him in the coronation, didn't we? Um, he didn't exactly look at sea over the distance. And I don't think he'll be, he'll be the same... Uh, in the app. Yeah, no, I agree completely. And it's good good that you mentioned the big viewing figures on ITV as well. Further proof in my argument that no one likes all the hats, bollocks, nonsense. Scott Chenks, what did you make of that? Um, do you want to know what I made of it? I went for a bath because I were upset because I won back in any winners. <laughs> so... I laid it back and I checked my phone and then just James Martin was popping up everywhere. Did you know that my dad gave James Martin his official cooking certificate from college? There you go. Interesting fact. Did he? Because I want to say, because you're racing and cooking it like you're two. Yeah. Two jobs in one. Well, uh, my dad signed him off to be an official chef from the catering college at Scarborough. (laughs) So that's my link to James Martin. So Daddy Watson had a part to play. In the monstrosity. No, no, no hate mail about them Scotch eggs. <laughs> uh, no, uh, handicappers, Jim. I, I had a couple of all right ones. Cordillion and Highland Chief both popped up for me. They were, they were good. Fujera Prince, surely, is a reasonable shout for the E-bar. I know we've, we're all cheering on Raymond Tusk for that from Liam's 
Liam Dice pick for the Turf Talk 12, but he looked all over and he bore horse to me and he's probably capable of getting black type. Uh, and I know it's not a handicap, it's a you know glorified bumper, but who dares wins is just the coolest horse in the world. <laughs> he's, he's an absolute owner's dream, winner on the flat, winner over hurdles, winner over fence. He was only winning great, great chase last season uh, as a novice. Great to see. Absolute buy. And what did we tell you? I said that Who Dares wins. At, I think he was about seven to two on the on the preview. Was a cracking price because we all knew Mekong wasn't going to run. And yeah, he's ended up even money, and he's just done what he's been asked in front. He, you knew he'd always find a bit more every time the Grand Vizier came to him. If they'd have carried on going for another ten furlongs, he'd have kept finding, and nothing would have beat him. He's an absolute great to see, a great horse to own for Henry Ponsonby, uh, and. Although I think that race is a bit pointless, uh, it's great to see him win. Yeah, I, I hate the Queen Alexandra. It's a stupid race. It shouldn't exist. It only exists because it's old. Uh, but it was probably my favourite race of the meeting, to be fair. Couldn't have finished on a high. Who dares wins winning at Royal Ascot? Up the boy. Stradivarius, my performance of the week, though, mate. I know it's not going to be original, but you know, you know when sometimes... And the solidarity of all of racing, seeing him, seeing all the reaction on Twitter, and when it just takes you a bit of time to get over what you've just seen. Yeah. You know, you've been a part of history. Yeah, a bit like that. Like I I felt like that when Envoy Allen won the Ballymore, and you just think, God, that's that's why we're involved. You know, I mean, that's that's why we'll watch Maidens from Windsor. And I know this will surprise you, but I, I was a bit like that with Batash. Yeah, well, he's done it. Really. I was like that for him in the Nunfork last year, mate. That that was the best thing I've ever seen live on a race course. Maybe lockdown's made me a bit soft. He's made me like Batash. He's likeable. We love an old rogue. We do love a rogue. Equilateral ran well in second as well. I got the one-two there. Another good day for me. Uh but yeah, lots of nice ones. Hookham was a good winner of the handicap. He's out for the season, though, I think. Uh, Mounted Angel won the Wolf and Sir Dragonet. What do we do with him? There's so much more we could talk about, Jim, but uh, I think that might be time to wrap it up. Yeah, well, my mum's been threatening to, to host this podcast. You want to know, she had an outstanding week at, at Royal Ascot. She had Fanny Logan, Mountain Angel. She was backing winner Dan Daller. Tipping winners left, right, and centre. Uh, let's go. What else did she have? Uh, Anassis. Uh, Dark Vision. She, she, she said, You've done all these podcasts and you've had about two winners so far, and I've had all these big prices. So she's been threatening to take over. So for the Derby preview next week, if you don't hear my voice, it's my mother's. You know what's happened. Exactly. Nice to see Dark Vision win as well. Like we can't call him and Lope Fernandez the bottle job brothers anymore. <laughs> Which is a bit of a shame. Uh, we'll be back next week with our Epsom preview. We're planning on having two episodes out. One will just be focused on the Derby. A horse-by-horse guide to the Derby and then we'll have a, a more regular episode focusing on the rest of the action from the weekend. So we hope you're looking forward to them. Uh, We hope you've enjoyed listening to another episode of Turf Talk and we'll see you all again soon. See you later. Stay safe.